Hey, Interwed family, this is Pastor Rudy Rodriguez, Calvary City on the Hill in Provo, Utah. Just wanted to thank you all for listening and or watching via the World Wide Web and joining us in worshiping our Lord Jesus Christ or just seeking more information about God. If God puts it on your hearts, would you be willing to join us in partnering through giving to the ministry to bring the gospel to all the world by visiting our website? cityonahillut.org that's cityonahillut all one word dot org and clicking on the donate button any free will offering would be appreciated very much thank you so much God bless you hopefully we are there alright praise God well welcome everyone good afternoon for those of you who are uh, uh, joining us online, welcome. We thank you. This is a time of thanksgiving. It's a time of thankfulness. Um, and uh, that's what we're going to be focusing on, um, is the thankfulness. In spite of all that's going on and all the uncertainty and all the unanswered questions and all the stuff, I don't want to focus on that. <clears throat> Although, I did start to focus on that as I was writing this. And uh, I wanted to get away from that. So I wanted to th focus on, have us focus on thankfulness in this, this season of Thanksgiving. Um, normally I have a lot of uh, historical things about how this nation was founded. And we are in a nation where we should be thankful that we're in. Um, it's a nation that was founded with the principle of coming here and propagating the gospel. That was the whole reason for the pilgrims coming over, the settlers that came and, and they desired to be able to properly uh, preach the gospel and to live in a way that is, that is not worldly and to live in a way that is different. Um, unfortunately, we have wandered far, far from that. Um, many of you may know or maybe not know that many of the uh, state constitutions in, in uh, their original establishments, that especially back there in the, the colonies, that you couldn't serve as uh, someone who was an elected official unless you were Christian. You had to believe in God. Not like that anymore. We have entire parties that want nothing to do with God. Um, <clears throat> although they feign and they claim to want to. But we're in a time of thankfulness. And the message of today is thankfulness, past, present, future. As the people of God, I believe that it is a, um, it is one of our duties as Christians. It's duty. It's a word that we don't use a lot today. It's not popular um, because it requires a responsibility that puts it on us. And we have a duty as Christians to be thankful. We're, we're told to be thankful continuously. And I want to look at it. It's not something that is just... Uh, um, for Christians only, it was something that would that began uh, just thousands of years ago, and it was part of the law. When the uh, tabernacle was was made, and God was amongst His people, His very Spirit was there. One of the things that that was uh, have had to happen was the law was given, and one of the things that that had to take place were those prescriptions that God gave in the law on how we were to end, or how the people of God, or the Israelites in this case, 
how they were supposed to interact with God. This is how they were supposed to commune with God. This is how they were told to worship God. And one of those things was a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And it wasn't just willy-nilly, just thank God. There was a prescribed way of doing it. It's always been part of what God instilled in His people, a thankfulness. I mean, really, when we think about it, I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was uh, might have been Jonathan Edwards um, that said that, or it could have been, um, uh, I can't think of his name now. It'll come to me. But he said he was one of the... Uh, uh, they kind of include him in part of the Puritans, although he was he was definitely the mayor. Matthew Henry. He, he said that if God, um, just for a moment, if he took away his providential sovereignty, just for a moment, everything would come undone. And I believe that that's true, and we should be thankful. The very fact that we have breath in our lungs, and that we're not held accountable for the fact that we're stealing it. Because after all, if it's God's oxygen that he's provided and we're just using it to stay alive when you use something like that you're not you know there's no way to give it back because what comes out is what not good air (laughs) and it's theft and we're stealing from God continually but God is gracious and he's good and he I believe as as as, uh, his people he wants us to remember this the primary focus is of course his holiness But secondarily is how good that he is and how wonderful that he is. Um, And so I want to look at some passages here, starting in Leviticus, the law. But there's a reason for that. And and it's uh, we're going to start in Leviticus chapter 7. And uh, we're going to be verses 11 through 15. Leviticus is is the Levitical law. And in the Levitical law, you had um, you had the uh, uh, the. Worship practices that were instituted. You had the civil law that was built into it. And you had the moral law that was built into it also. So you had the three different aspects of the law. And in this case, it was part of worship. And I want you to understand and and, uh, and see that this is, uh, I want to focus on the three tenses of, of our thanksgiving. In the past, God has, he instituted a way that was acceptable to him. And that's one of the things that people don't often think about and spend enough time really thinking about, is what is acceptable. Um, I've said it before, you know, I I remember um, years ago I was working um, for one of the corporations and we had some guy and he was a young young man and and he was, uh, he said that he was going to a Christian church and he was part of a young people's group and he Asked me if I was a Christian. I said, yes, I am. And he said, man, yeah, I'm a Christian too. Jesus is my homeboy. And that's the kind of thought that they were instilling in this. I'm like, uh, no, Jesus is not your homeboy. I- I'm sorry. He's not. He is your Lord. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Y- you need to. Yeah, but he-, he came just to be like one of us so that, so that we could be like him. I said, no. <laughs> uh, that's That's. Uh, I don't know what. where is this place that you're going to, and I'll, I'll leave the place unnamed, but I'm like, this is not. If this is what you're teaching you, uh, you need to get away from that place because they're not instilling in you the awesomeness of who God is, the wonder of His holiness, and, and uh, the fearfulness of His holiness because of His 
utter purity and, and goodness. Um, he's not your homeboy. And he's not your boyfriend. Okay? All these popular songs that are out there that I call it bubblegum music um, that uh, some of these uh, Christian stations put. It's just bubblegum stuff. It's just pop. And it makes Jesus sound like some kind of a, just a boyfriend that you can, you know, break it off with if you so desire. That's not who he is. And we've misunderstood this. And so when God, in His holiness and His righteousness, He he wants us to be thankful, but He has prescribed a way for even that to do it. And in, in the law, and thank God that we're not um, we're not dragged into this uh, the the whole works of the law, in the words of the law, in the jot and the tittle of the law, but it is the spirit of the law. And we're to hold God as holy. We're to approach Him as holy. We're to see Him as holy. We're to think of Him as holy. We're to worship Him as holy. And so in Leviticus chapter 7, verses 11 through 15, it says this, Now this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings. You want peace with God? You had to offer a sacrifice. Um, And this is what was originally God put amongst His people He says, now this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which shall be presented to the Lord in order to be acceptable. He says in verse 12, he says, if he offers it by way of thanksgiving, then along with the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So there's that there's that sacrifice of thanksgiving when you it wasn't just willy nilly, just thanking God. It was a there was a way that you went to God. And you presented a sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice of thanksgiving. He says, with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, he shall offer unleavened cakes. So that's unleavened bread. Mixed with oil and unleavened wafers. Spread with oil. Sounds like bread and butter. That's good. That's a good thing. And cakes well stirred, fine flour with uh, mixed with oil. He says, with the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving, he shall present his offering with cakes of leavened bread as well. Of this, he shall present one of every offering as a contribution to the Lord. It shall belong to the priests who sprinkles the blood of the peace offerings. Now, as for the flesh of the sacrifice of his thanksgiving peace offerings, it shall be eaten. On the day of his offering, he shall not leave any of it left over until morning. That's what the priest, whatever was left over, they had to make sure that it all got eaten or they had to get rid of it. So this was one of the things. So that it was prescribed. It was very detailed. This is what you had to do. You had unleavened and you had leavened bread and all these things in this Thanksgiving offering, this peace offering, to have peace with God. And you had to go through the priest. The priest had to do his thing in order for it to be acceptable to God. But the priest, he also had to do his thing in order to be right with God to make himself acceptable. So it wasn't just, this was a a law that was instituted. Um, In Leviticus 22, we have something very similar. So we go from uh, um, uh, Leviticus 7 to Leviticus 22, 28 through 30. And he says this. It's written for us in uh, verse 28. He says, but whether it is an ox or a sheep, You shall not kill both it and its young in one day when you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord. You shall not sacrifice it so that 
uh, or you shall sacrifice it so that it may uh, you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day, and you shall leave none of it until morning. And this, this is included. I am the Lord. He says, I am the Lord. It's another way of saying, don't forget, I am holy. I'm separate. I'm different. I am Lord, and I am Lord alone. This is why you're to do this. So Thanksgiving was an important part of the, of the worship. It was an important part of how we got right with God. And, and it's, it's the duty of, of Christians because we should be thankful. Um, in the story in Matthew where uh, Jesus sends out the uh, disciples, and there was many disciples, uh, more than just the 12, and he sends them out and he empowers them. He enables them. He uh, infills them and, and the, the Spirit works through them. And when they go out, they're casting out demons. They're healing people. They're doing all different kinds of miracles and things. And when they come back to be with Jesus, um, when they gather back together, they're like, just blown. Their minds are blown. Jesus, you can't believe all the things we were doing. We're casting out demons. We were healing people left and right. It was crazy, all this stuff. And they were rejoicing in that. And Jesus didn't rebuke them, but he reproved them. He said, that's all nice and well, and I'm paraphrasing. But he says, what you should really be rejoicing in is not those things. You should rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the thing to rejoice. That's the thing to be thankful. The, the fact that as Christians, when we receive Christ, when we believe in Him, when we trust in Him, that we can be transformed and made new, that we can be born again, we can be regenerate. Uh, we can confidently say that when we die, when our spirit leaves this earth, we know where we're going to go. But at the same time, we also, as Christians, when all those things happen and God causes us to be born again, we also know what we deserve. And we can say that confidently. I deserve hell. I deserve His condemnation. I deserve God's wrath. That's what I deserve because of His holiness and His righteousness and His goodness. But because of my sinfulness, my wretchedness, my rebellion, and wickedness and evil. This is what I deserve. But I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get what Jesus has promised. And what he's promised is in the eternal gospel. The good news. The promise is eternal life. It's eternal life. And so Thanksgiving is one of those things that has always been built. When, when God saved his people, the Israelites. He saved them out of slavery. He brought them out of bondage. He brought, brought them from the, the picture that the Bible gives us of, of Egypt. That place where we're enslaved. And what are we enslaved by as people? We're enslaved by sin. Jesus himself said that. He says if anyone sins, he's what? He's a slave. He's a slave to sin. <clears throat> this is one of the things that, that the Bible clearly states. I want to read another, uh, um, an homage of, uh, of Thanksgiving. And before we do so, I want to, uh, we're going to be in 1 Samuel, and we're going to read chapter 2 real quick, um, because it's, it's Hannah's song. 
It's a story of, of Hannah, who her husband had another, uh, another wife, and, and uh, she bore him children, but Hannah couldn't conceive. And she prayed continually, even in the temple. And she goes to the temple, and, and she's, she's there on the steps of the temple, or, <clears throat> and, uh, and she wants so desperately to have a child. She wants to be able to produce for her husband uh, a child, especially a son. And she's brokenhearted. And she doesn't know why she can't conceive. And she's there, and she's quietly, and but very fervently, she's praying. But she's not praying out loud. She's praying silently. Because God knows what we're going to say even before we say it. God knows all things. And so she's there broken. She's there contrite. She's praying. And the priest comes out and sees her and just, man, this, this girl must be drunk. And he kind of says, hey, you shouldn't be over here drinking like this. This is terrible. And she says, oh, no, I'm, I'm praying. And she tells him her predicament in her brokenheartedness, in her longing to, to just be part of what God has promised and to, to fulfill that the people, that the women especially, will give birth to the children and that their houses would be full and they could be blessed. And we're going to read that, uh, what uh, this homage of thanksgiving that she gives as God finally does answer her prayer. Um, but before that, let's, uh, let's spend a moment in prayer and then we'll, uh, we'll continue on. The theme being the Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving of the past that we see. Uh, Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your kindness and your glory. Thank you for your um, forgiveness and redemption that you have provided. Thank you for all these things and more. Thank you that you are our God and that you have revealed yourself and you made yourself known to a people who were not looking for you. You revealed yourself to those who were not called by your name. And you made them called by your name. You adopted us, your people, into your kingdom. And for this, Lord, that we are written in the book of life, in this we rejoice. In this we are so thankful in this season of Thanksgiving. Just for the very fact that one day, when judgment comes, our judgment has already been passed. And our Jesus, our King, our Lord, our Savior, our righteousness, our goodness, our light, He paid for it all. And to that we say hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We can't thank you enough, O King, for all that you have done. For your namesake and for your glory's sake, saving a people like us like those who are out there listening and watching. Father, we pray that you would move in the power of your Holy Spirit to reach those who have never made that commitment, who have never received and had their sins forgiven. What a glorious time to have that happen. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we pray that you would open up our eyes, ears, minds, and hearts to these truths, and you would change our perspective, that you would change our demeanor, that you would give us hearts, minds, spirits, and wills to be thankful 
to be thankful, even in want, even in need, to be thankful. We thank you, we praise you, we bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. So Hannah's song, this is what she says, God has answered her prayer. And now she's going to, uh, she, she promises God, she says, look, if you, if you can, if you can cause me to conceive, I'll, I'll give that son to you. I'll dedicate him to you. And she finds herself with a son and she rejoices. She gets to wean him, she gets to raise him, she gets to visit him, she gets to see him. But she here is, and, and you mothers in particular, can, I mean, can you imagine dropping your child off? Not like dropping them off at school, but dropping them off for good. And she's rejoicing. This is a, an homage of thanksgiving. Her heart is full. God has visited me. He has answered my prayer. Listen to what she says. Then Hannah prayed in uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there's no one besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge. And with Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are shattered, but the feeble gird on with strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry cease to hunger. Even the barren gives birth to seven, but she who has many children languishes. The Lord kills and makes alive. There's something that's not real popular. The Lord kills in the midst of her prayer, and I believe in under the, the power and under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low and He also exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. He set the world on them. He keeps the feet of His godly ones. Hallelujah. But the wicked ones are silenced in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. Those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them He will thunder in the heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. And He will give strength to His King. And exalt the horn of his anointed. Notice how her thanksgiving was motivated by her realization of God in his holiness, in his righteousness, in his power, in his glory, in his majesty, in his loving kindness, his chesed, in his mercy, in his generosity, in his compassion and love. In other words, she is well acquainted intimately with her God and the God of Israel. She has a personal relationship. She understands. She knows this God so well. And those words. He is God and He is God alone. He's the one who has done this. So we see that 
that this was a time of thanksgiving for her, and she rejoiced. And in her prayer, she exults in the power and in the glory and the majesty and in the wonder of who God is. She's filled with thanksgiving. Even at the giving of her child, she's filled with thanksgiving. In 1 Chronicles 16, that's to the left a little bit. In 1 Chronicles, I passed right by it. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, this is a time of reflecting on the goodness of God as they reflect. And here again is a, is a portion of, of this, this uh, homage, this thankfulness that, that David the king cries out in this psalm, in this prayer, in this praise. And he says, in verse, starting in verse 7, I want to read that. And it says, then on that day, David first assigned Asaph and his relatives to give thanks to the Lord. He assigned them. The king said, you need to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord. See, in the past, this was a, this was a prescription. And it wasn't just to, to prescribe it to the priest. It was for the people. So that the people could latch on to this. And listen to this. He says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Speak of all His wonders. Glory in His holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Remember His wonderful deeds, which He has done. His marvels and the judgments from His mouth. O oh, seed of Israel, His servant. Sons of Jacob, He's His chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are full in all the earth. Remember His covenant forever. The word which He commanded to a thousand generations. The covenant which He made with Abraham and His oath to Isaac. He also confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant saying to you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. When they were only a few in number, very few and strangers in it. And they wandered about from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people. He permitted no man to oppress them. And he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. I'll let you guys finish reading that. You can mark those and it should be in your bulletins. Amazing. Reflecting on all that God has done. And when we're in the practice of thanksgiving, if we'll do that, if we'll remember, if we'll dig deep into our, our, the recesses of our mind, some of us have bigger recesses than others, and we dig far back, and we just start thanking God for all the things that He's done. All the things that He's done, even before we knew Him. We sing a song, There Was Jesus, and we reflect on that. That song reflects on, even before I knew Jesus, there He was, doing what He do, doing what only He can do, being Jesus, directing and seeing. It's a time of reflecting and, and looking back and thanking God and all those things. There's many more things that are spoken there. 
in Psalm. I want to turn to Psalm 30. We're going to go a, a million miles an hour here. Psalm 30, <clears throat> to the right a little bit. This is a thanksgiving, again, for his providence in the way that he works in the lives of his people. Something to be thankful for. He says in Psalm 30, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to thee for help, and thou didst heal me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from Sheol. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. That's him singing about salvation. Life everlasting. Sing praise to the Lord, you his godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but a moment. It's for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Hallelujah. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Now as for me, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. O Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, I was dismayed. To thee, O Lord, I called, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise thee? Will it declare thy faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me, O Lord. Be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for, for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast loosened my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. That my soul may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to thee. This is Thanksgiving in the past that was prescribed. And when, when you start to realize the goodness of how God is. As opposed to the judge that he should be and that he is. And you start to put him in contrast one with the other. You begin to rejoice. You begin to know his goodness and his grace. Even the godless and the pagan, they don't understand the goodness and the grace of God. Every breath that is given is because he has given it. Everything that they have is because he has blessed them. All these things belong to him and they don't understand. Nor can they see. They cannot fathom that it is God who has provided all these things. They cannot see God in that way. Because their hearts are hardened. Their minds are darkened. Their eyes are blind. Their ears are deaf. And their heart is dull. But to those who know God. They're moved to thankfulness. They're moved to this transformative love and forgiveness and this grace. And they have a life that is thankful. They have an attitude that is thankful. That is the duty of the believer. In Psalm 33, just a couple over. Thanksgiving for the Creator Himself. And sometimes it's great when you go into your prayer. Uh, no matter what's going on. Sometimes it's good to, to move all the stuff away. Sometimes it's good to, to remove all of your needs and all of your wants and all of those things in order to come and just to be in the presence of God. Just to seek Him for the sake of, of He is God. 
And I just want to be in your in your presence. I just want to know you. I want to seek your face. I don't want anything else. I just want to know you intimately so that I can pray like, like Hannah did and having to give her kids her kid up. But she was she was moved to glorify God. And here a thanksgiving for the Creator um, in Psalm 33, sing for joy in the Lord. Oh, you righteous ones. Remember, our righteousness is only because of His righteousness. He clothes us in His righteousness. He says, sing. Sing. And I love this. We are to sing. We're to sing out loud. We're to sing off key. We're to sing in key or whatever. We're to sing. We're to play instruments. We're to rejoice. He says, sing. Sing to the Lord, O righteous one. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the liar. Not somebody who tells lies. It's a stringed instrument. Like the guitar. He says, give thanks to the Lord with a lyre. Sing praises to Him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully with shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all His works is and all His work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness, the Chesed of the Lord. I didn't sneeze there. I said Chesed. That's what it is. It's His loving kindness, and the earth is full of it. That's what I was just talking about a moment ago. The, the pagan and the, and the non-believer cannot see and understand many things. Everywhere the earth is full of his chesed, his kindnesses that are loving. Of the Lord, of Yahweh. By the word of Yahweh, the heavens were made. And by thy breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the people. And oh, do we need Him to do that now? Oh, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is Yahweh, the Lord. The people whom He has chosen for His own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From His dwelling place He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all. He who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army. The warrior is not delivered by a great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory. Nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. And then these words, behold. The eye of Yahweh, the Lord is on those who fear Him. On those who hope for His loving kindness, His chesed. To deliver their soul from death 
and to keep them alive in famine. Notice, yeah. Are there times of famine for us even? Yes. But it says here, He will deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for you, for the Lord. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help, our sure. For our heart rejoices in Him because we trust in His holy name. Let thy chesed Your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in Thee. Good reasons to be thankful. He's going to keep us even when things are tough. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. He's going to be there in the midst of all those things. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes we wonder, and I can't tell you how many people I've heard say, but but why has God done so and so and such and such? Has God done it? Still breathing? He's still here? He still promised eternal life? Is your hope only in God's positive thing? There's a perspective even in want, even in need. He is still God and He is still good. And I can rejoice in that and I can remember Him. All these praises of thanksgiving Um, One last one here in Psalm 52. It's a short one. It's a thanksgiving in in contrast, the futility of boastfulness and wickedness. The thankfulness that we should have because God doesn't treat us like He does the, the sinner who's wicked and wants nothing to do with God. The pagan who will have nothing to do with God. Who hates God like we all did at one time. Like we all do at one time or another. And here you have this contrast. Listen, um, it says here in uh, Psalm 52, verse 1, Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? The loving kindness. There's that word again. What is it? Chesed. You got you to get that in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's chesed. The chesed of God. Endures all day long. Your tongue devises destruction. Like a sharp razor, O worker of deceit. You love evil more than good. Falsehood more than speaking what is right. You love all the words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch you up and tear you away from your tent. And uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. And will laugh at him. Behold the man who would not make God his refuge. But trusted in the abundance of his riches. And was strong in his evil desire. Verse 8. But as for me I am like the green olive tree. In the house of God. I trust in the chesed of God. The loving kindness of God. Forever. And ever. And ever. I will give thee thanks forever. Because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name. For it is good. In the presence of thy godly. 
You see the contrast? The wicked think that they've done everything by the power of their own might. The righteous know it's from God. And they receive that. They fear the Lord. And there's this contrast that is there. In the New Testament, it doesn't change. We are to be a people of thanksgiving. In Ephesians 1, in Ephesians 1, 15 through 17, Paul writes this. Remember our time in Ephesians. We only spent about, what, three years there or something like that. He says, for this reason, I too, in verse in Ephesians 1, 15 through 17, for this reason, I too, having heard of the faith of or in uh, the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and in knowledge of Him. See, Paul is saying, when I'm praying, I'm giving thanks for you. I'm thanking God for you. And I'm also praying that He would give you a spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of Him. Not wealth and not all those other things, but a knowledge of God. In Ephesians 5, 18 through 21, this is Paul now telling to those same believers. He's telling them he prays, but now he's telling them to pray and to give thanks. Look, in Ephesians 5, 18 through 21, he says, along with that, he says what not to do. There's the negative and then there's the positive. In the negative, he says, do not get drunk with wine. For that is dissipation. But be filled with what? With the Spirit. The Spirit. And then he says, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always doing what? Always giving thanks. You see, that's supposed to be our attitude. That is the mindset that we're to have. Always giving thanks. Always. And sometimes it's hard. I ain't going to lie. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes in the midst of it, we just got to put it to the test and just do it. And I remember a time I was changing the starter. I had an old uh, 1990 Nissan truck. And I didn't have any help. Those starters are kind of heavy. And and they put these little teeny weeny baby wires on this starter that you're supposed to hook up. And I had it up there and I thought I had it secure enough. And I had to move and shift. And when I did, that starter slipped out of my hand. And guess what happened to that stupid little teeny wire that they supply you with? It snapped. I was ticked. I was angry. I was mad. I was upset. So I had to remove that. I had to run down to the, to the store and I had to get another one. And I was all mad. I was all upset. I was why God in it. Why, God? Why? But as I got back underneath there with this other one to take its place, I just started thanking God. Lord, thank you. Thank you that I had the money to do this. Thank you that I know how to do this. Thank you that I don't have to take it to someplace that's going to charge me 300 bucks for something that 
doesn't take but a few minutes to do. And I just started thanking him. And as I was thanking him and putting it all together, I lost sight of all that stuff, that negativity, all that junk. And before I knew it, it was all done. Cranked that Hummer over and it was everything aligned just like it's supposed to. And it was good. And it changed my attitude. And I learned that day that even in the midst of the trial, even in the midst of things that are tough, yeah, we're going to get moments where we're angry and mad and cry out and say things we should not have said sometimes. We're all guilty of that. And, But I learned that it was in that Thanksgiving that God will work even in that. So here, this we're looking at, at, uh, um, at the past in the New Testament, but it's also present. It's what um, Paul is as uh, admonished for us to, to do, to be like. This is what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. We're to have this attitude. We're to always be giving thanks for what? For all things. In what? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To God, even the Father. And to be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. In Colossians three sixteen through 18 Paul says this. He says, let the word of Christ rich, richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns, spiritual songs and singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him. To God the Father. And again, you can read some of these other ones that I've included in there. There's Colossians 4, verses 2 through 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. With an attitude of thanksgiving is the word that's being implied there. That's the attitude that we're to have. Praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the word while we're giving thanks. So it's both something that's in the past, but it's also something that's for the present. We're called to this as believers. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 through 18. In 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Paul is encouraging the same thing to Timothy. And then as far as the future goes, when we're talking about the the future of Thanksgiving, we're preparing, we're practicing, we're becoming familiar with these attitudes and these things because we're going to be doing this for eternity, y'all. Eternity's a long time. And I can't imagine that. But here's what it says in Revelation 4. These are great creatures that are beyond our reckoning in strength. And in might. And in magnitude. So much different than we are. And here John sees this vision in Revelation chapter 4 verses 8 through 11. And he says, and I saw in the, the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they do not cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty. In the Hebrew, that would be El Shaddai, who was, who is, 
who is to come. Meaning he has no beginning and he has no end. He just is. That's why he tells Moses, I am. Tell him that I am has sent you. I have no beginning. I have no end. I just am. And listen to what he, he records further. He says in verse 9, And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks, these great creatures are given glory and honor and thanks. It's an attitude. It's something that God instills in us when we focus our minds on the things of God. And they give glory and honor and thanks to whom? To Him who sits on the throne. To Him who lives forever and ever. And you could write about a billion more forevers. And then He says, The 24 elders will fall down before Him who sits on the throne and will worship Him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are You, O our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. That's Thanksgiving, y'all. How about Revelation 7, verses 11 through 12? And again, these are in your bulletins. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. How about Revelation 11, verses 16 through 18? And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks, O Lord our God, the Almighty, Who are and who were because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. And the nations were enraged and your wrath came. And the time came for the dead to be judged and the time to reward your bondservants. Hallelujah. The contrast. Your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, the small and the great. And to destroy those who destroy the earth. This is the attitude. As we were finishing our book in Philippians. And our study there. And it's so apropos. It's so um, appropriate for for our times. And what we're uh, going through as a nation. And as the world watches on. I'm telling you the world is watching on. And they're. Many who want um, the corruption to continue. But there are many who are praying. And they're praying hard. They're praying fervently. These are people who have nothing. Our poor in this country live like kings compared to them. And they're praying for us. They're praying for our country. They're praying for this thing to unfold in the right way. Because they realize that... This country, which is unique. Thanksgiving is is unique to our country, y'all. It's not something that's practiced by the world. It's unique to our country. 
It's unique. It's, it's part of the, the spiritual makeup of who we are as Americans. This isn't about America. This is about Jesus. This is about the fact that we have a reason to be thankful. When our poor live like kings compared to the poor of the rest of the world. That's blessing. That's provision. That's providence. That's God pouring out His blessing, His chesed, His loving kindness. That's God doing what He does in His mercy and His grace. I want to read Philippians 4, 5-9 through 9 as we come to a close. Because Paul says this. It's the prescription for anxiety. It's just prescription for fear. It's the prescription for for hopelessness. It's the prescription for need and for want. It's a prescription for these things as believers because this is what we're called to do. We're admonished to do this. Paul says this. He says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Great, small, poor, rich. Doesn't matter who they are. Let your your gentle spirit be known to all men. There's a time when you got to do some standing firm. He says, first start with this. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Why? Because the Lord is near. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's so near that He's within us. I can't fathom that. The God who called all things into existence. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, came so that He could dwell within us. Spirit dwells within us. Father dwells within us. God Himself dwells within us. The Lord is near. He says, be anxious, therefore, for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. An attitude. Come to God. Come to God with your, with your needs. It says here, he says, with, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Then he says, let your requests be made known to God. You got requests? Make them known. He can handle it. He can deal with it. Like I said, there's only three ways that God answers. Well, four really. Yes. No. Wait. And you got to be kidding me. Right? He says, let your request be made known to God. Why? And so the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts. And what? And your minds. Anxiety comes primarily from the mind. Your mind begins to dwell on things that you have no control over. And it consumes you. But if you do this, if you keep this at the forefront, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the key, as we said in the study, is with this attitude of thanksgiving. And finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. 
for these reasons. And as was said in the study, all of this, Philippians 4, 5, uh, Philippians 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Primarily 6, 7, and 8. I'll focus on one thing. They all focus on Christ. He is our hope. He is the reason why we should be thankful. We should be filled with hearts of thankfulness because of God alone. This is the reason we have much to be thankful for, even in the midst of uncertainty and unrest and all these other things. We have many more reasons. The biggest reason of all is that our name is written in the book of life. For that we should praise. And all because Christ has risen. Christ is risen. Christ has risen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've given us reason and you've called us as our duty as Christians to be thankful. For everything. Father we thank you that you are the living God. Who has revealed himself. And that you have written in the Lamb's book of life. Even before the foundations of the earth. Before the heavens were made. Before any of those things. You chose to save people. Hallelujah. And you you have written those names. Long before that. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. We cannot thank you enough O Lord. Praise you. We bless you. You are good. Thank you for saving us out of the mire and the muck. Thank you for being there when we didn't know who you were. When we were running from you. When we hated you. When we wanted nothing to do with you. There was Jesus. Hallelujah. How we thank you Lord. And how thankful we should be for all these things and more. When we eat our meal. All that you have provided. And Jesus too. How blessed are we above all peoples who know their Savior and King. Who are blessed beyond imagination. We thank you, O Lord. We praise you. We bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.